Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Kenitra Bryant and today's motivational aim targets preserving aims. This serves as part two to preserved aims. In part one, I had the opportunity to share the importance of preserving your God honoring aims and I provided two preserving qualities. The first preserving quality includes to preserve your mind and then preserve your interactions. When one preserves their mind, they are preserving what they're thinking about, what they are allowing to enter into their mind. They're preserving how they're processing what's going on in their mind. And a question one can ask is, am I casting down imaginations and things that have nothing to do with my God-honoring aims within my mind? Am I casting down anything trying to set itself up to go against God and what God told me to do? And in part one, I went over 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 5th verse, and this is what it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And this is all very important when one is aiming towards their God-honoring targets because in order to complete any aim, one has to preserve what's going on in their mind. The second preserving quality I addressed in part one of this motivational aim was preserving one's interactions and that's focusing on being mindful of who a person is connected to and what company they keep and then understand the purpose of walking away from what does not serve as beneficial or conducive to what God has called that person with the God honoring aim to. Now the third quality that I believe is important as it relates to preserving your aims is actively preserving your aims, being active in what you're doing, being active. And that is don't yield to what people want you to think about your preserved aims. Yield to what God called you to do. When a person is active, they are quick in action. They are quick in physical movement. When a person is active, they're producing or involving action or movement. They're doing something. Not only are they just preserving their God-honoring goals and keeping them guarded in a sense, keeping them set apart, they're active in what they're doing. Going back to Matthew the 26th chapter, when the woman with the God-honoring aim presented her aims to Jesus. She had to be active in doing that. She had to be active in what she allowed to enter into her mind. She had to be active in how she responded. She had to be active in going to Jesus, walking to him, active in presenting the God-honoring aim to him. She didn't say, oh, I have a God-honoring aim and... It's at the house, and one day I'll present it before the Lord. But I do have it. I have it. It's just, 
It's at the house. No, she was active in going to pursue what she was doing for God, for Jesus. Another preserving quality one should or could have or implement in their life, and this serves as target number four, preserving one's knowledge of who they are in Christ. It's important to remember that you are more than a conqueror. God said you are fearfully and you are wonderfully made. God said he didn't give you a spirit of fear. And the scriptures you can review are Psalm the 139th chapter and the 14th verse, Romans the 8th chapter and the 37th verse, 2 Timothy the 1st chapter and the 7th verse. Because it's important to know those promises from God and the other promises from God outlined and indicated in the syllabus for your life's course, the Bible. But as you journey through life and you are carrying out or doing what God called you to do as it relates to your God-honoring aims, sometimes those God-honoring aims set you apart because you're doing things that people around you have never done. They just never, they've never done it. They don't know anything about it. And you are a pioneer. You're a trendsetter. And as you are completing these God-honoring aims in front of people, they could be thinking, because people have thoughts, they could be thinking, you're out of your mind. What's going on? And you could be around people who want to do what you're doing, but they've never had anybody to follow after they could feel inadequate. They don't have a person to look up to. And by you obeying God, you serve as that person in their lives or in their life. Let me say that. And if you do what God commanded you to do, then they'll know how to go about doing what God told them to do. Because as I just said, they've probably never seen anybody in their sphere of influence doing what you're doing with boldness. Sometimes individuals have never seen someone committed, determined, walking in resilience, and being for real about preserving their aims and presenting their aims before Jesus in front of people. They could have been around people who claimed to know Jesus and they always talked about Jesus. They always talked about God, but they really didn't know Jesus in the nature of God. So yeah, when God leads you to complete your God-honoring aims and you've never seen anyone around you complete their God-honoring aims, it might feel like, man, something's off. I feel like I'm crazy, man. I feel dumb. Nobody understands. Man, people might question me every step of the way. People are mocking me boldly talking about me in a negative way. No, that's the time to preserve your aims. You have to preserve your aims and know who you are in Christ. Who you are in God. You have to know that. 
Because if you know who you are, there are some things you will not accept. You just won't. And people will know you don't accept them because you know who you are. And that's just how it goes. It goes down just like that. You have to know you are fearfully and wonderfully created by God. You have to know that you're the masterpiece of God. You have to know that all things are working together for your good. You have to know you're the head and not the tail. You have to know that when people bless you, they're blessed. When they curse you, they're cursed. When people contend with you, God contends with them. You have to know that God's will is done in earth, in you, as it is in heaven. You have to know who you are. You have to know that you're chosen, predestined, called justified, glorified. You have to know that as you do what God commanded you to do. You have to know. But if you don't know, and the distractor and the tempter and the deviator shows up, the deviator will try to get you from who he knows you to be. He knows who you are. He just doesn't want you to know that. So he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal your identity. Creating these comparison traps. Steal your identity. Kill your dreams. Kill your confidence. All in an effort to destroy you. Really, he's trying to get you to destroy yourself so he can go to God and say, hey, I, hey, I, I ain't do that. They did that. I didn't tell them to believe me. They just believed me. I, I, look what they did. Now, Lord, you can't bless them because, you know, they, they violated some stuff. No, 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 no. That's the trash that's going on because he's the accuser. He's an accuser. That's why you have to know who you are. So when the doubts come, the fears come, the issues come, the situations come, the obstacles come, the challenges come, even in the midst of all of that, you know who you are and you know God's word that all things, despite what's going on, are working together for my good, even though it doesn't look good. And I don't know how it's working together for my good. But since God is not a liar, and he said it, I believe it, that settles it, and I'm going on down the road. Because I have faith in him right now. You have to know who you are as you're preserving your God-honoring aims. Target number five, you want to preserve righteousness as you preserve your God-honoring aims. You want to preserve righteousness. And what is righteousness? It's the quality of being or exercising purity of heart, living the way God commanded us to live in every or all areas of life. It's aiming to be in right standing with God. Now, don't get this confused. Righteousness is not perfection on our end. Righteousness is is one aiming to be in. And it's one practicing to be in right relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit at all times. Practicing means when things come up, 
and a person has the opportunity to choose the wrong thing, they're practicing righteousness and they're practicing to always choose what pleases God in their actions, in their words, and in their deeds. They look at, okay, this is of God and this is not. This is what I want to do, but it's not the best thing to do. Hmm. Which one would God be pleased with? See, righteousness is looking at whatever is presented before you, making a discerned determination to either live in, act in righteousness, or choose to go against righteousness and yield to the flesh. And when you're aiming towards your God-honoring targeted goals, preserving righteousness is key. Because there will be a lot of things we all have to reject or should reject, walk away from, not do, not be a part of, all while people are talking about you for practicing righteousness, preserving righteousness, doing what God told you to do. People will talk about you. Persecution is coming. It's there. Sometimes persecution is there because people don't understand. And sometimes people understand. They just can't stand that you're doing what God told you to do. That's just point blank period. And then sometimes people, they want to yield to the enemy, to the accuser, to the deviator. That's just what they want to do. They want to help them out. Because they don't want to practice righteousness. And they possibly are persecutors because they don't know who they are. They just don't know who they are. Looking at Matthew, the 26th chapter, the woman with the preserved aim, when she presented that to Jesus, the people who persecuted her and spoke about her and talked about her with such disdain were people who followed Jesus. The thing is, they followed Jesus, but they were not aware of the revelation of what the Lord told this woman to do. And then when the Lord explained to them, they had an understanding. But sometimes people persecute because they just don't understand And when they get an understanding and it's revealed, you'll know. You will know. But even in the aims being presented to Jesus, one should not get caught up of trying to explain to people. I mean, we all follow Jesus. Just see it from my point of view. You can look at it this way. I'm just trying to do this. The Lord God gave me a revelation. God put it on my heart to do this. I want to convince you that this is a God-honoring aim. Mm-mm. You let Jesus handle that. This is a perfect example of doing what God told you to do. And you leave all the consequences with him. You don't think about what people say. You don't try to argue, you don't try to persuade, convince, prove, no. 
You just do what God says to do and you leave all the consequences with him. Because even in this passage of scripture, in this account and moment in history, this woman did that with her God-honoring aim. And Jesus dealt with those who were persecuting her. He shut it down and corrected them and gave them a lesson, taught them. If God, if Jesus did it then, he knows how to do it right now. Let's think about your life. <laughs> Has there ever been a situation when you thought something about someone, said some negative things about them because you did not have an understanding? Time goes by. You receive a revelation. You receive some insight. And you gain some knowledge of what that person was preserving and what they were doing for God. The Lord dealt with you. The Lord revealed that to you. The Lord showed you. He corrected you. In his way, in his timing. Sometimes the person who you or one talked about is not around. The Lord deals with his children the way he deals with them. For them to know, hey, that wasn't for you to persecute them about. They were doing that for me. And let me tell you what it means when a person preserves that aim. Let me tell you what that aim meant. Let me break it down to you on what that person was doing. When Jesus corrects, he's dealing with the consequences. He's dealing with that, with the person. So we don't have to focus on, let me try to explain it to him. Let me write him an email and a letter because they need to see it. No. The only one who needs to see it is God and you and the ones who believe. The ones who need the revelation in due time, the Lord knows how to give them the revelation, the insight, and he knows how to correct them. But you have to preserve your aims and keep going. When you are preserving your God-honoring aims, target number six, you want to preserve the vision. God administered the seed to you. It's our responsibility or it's your responsibility to sow the seed and trust God with the harvest. God administers that seed to you, the sower. And every seed that God gives, each and every one of us, comes with instruction. That is found in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter and the 10th verse. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, the sower, and then bread to eat. In the same way, God will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. That's the New Living Translation. Now I'm going to read the Amplified Version. It says, Now He, referring to God the Father, Now He, who provides seed for the sower and bread for food, 
will provide and multiply your seed for sowing, that is, your resources, and increase the harvest of your righteousness, which shows itself in active goodness, kindness, and love. You see, when God gives you a seed, when God gives you an aim to pursue or complete, a God-honoring aim, and that's all God provides is God-honoring aims, When God provides you with that aim, with that seed, he provides you with instructions on how to sow that seed. And then after that seed is sown, the way God instructed you to sow it, you reap a harvest. You reap the benefits of sowing that seed and that God-honoring aim. And God is talking to you about that God-honoring aim he placed on the inside of you to preserve and present to him. But before a person gets to sowing the seed, sowing the aim, completing the aim, working on the aim, and then benefiting from the harvest, they have to be led by the Holy Spirit. They have to be led by God. To even complete the aim. And when they are led. They have to hold on to the vision. Of what God revealed to them. In their heart. Although their natural eyes. And other people's natural eyes. Might not be able to see what's going on. Look at the woman in scripture. She had a seed. She had an aim. But in order for that aim to produce. She had to sow it. She had to present it before the Lord. And the harvest she received from that seed, that aim, was so great. And it was more than the original cost of the aim of the seed. But in order for her to see the exponential benefits and harvest from the God-honoring aim seed, she had to sow And she had to preserve the vision. Because look how people knocked her, disrespected her, persecuted her. All because she had a God-honoring aim. Now, had she glanced away or took her eyes off of what God put her eyes on, we probably wouldn't be talking about her right now. And that's something to think about. That could be what's going on with you. If we don't, if I don't, if you don't, keep your eyes on what God put your eyes on to accomplish in his kingdom, for his will, for his way, for not only your life, but What he has planned, the great things, there's no telling how it will, one's disobedience, one's not preserving the vision impacts so many other factors. Preserving the vision is of extreme importance. Preserve the vision as it relates to your God-honoring aims. Preserve the seed, preserve the aim, preserve it. It's in the preservation, 
the sowing of the seed, the presenting the seed before God and to God. That's when the harvest comes. It might take some time, but you have to, or one has to do what God said to do. But preserving the vision is key. Preserve the vision God gave you. And don't allow anyone to take your eyes off of the vision God gave you. And Jesus knows how to confirm the vision, just like he did with the woman in Matthew, the 26th chapter, and the 10th through the 13th verse. Jesus did it for her, and Jesus knows how to do it for you. Matter of fact, it's already done. All we have to do individually and collectively is to follow through with what God told us to do relating to our God-honoring aims, okay? Target number seven, as you are preserving your God-honoring aims, remember to preserve your acknowledgement of God's sovereignty. And what I mean by that is don't ever achieve a God-honoring aim and then not value and respect and show reverence for who God is and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is. It's important to recognize the power of the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. Philippians, the second chapter and the 13th verse clearly lets us know that for it is God who works in you, works in me, works in us. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Going back to Matthew, the 26th chapter, it was God who worked in the woman who had the God-honoring aim. It was God who worked in her to will and to act so she could fulfill the good purpose for God. It was God who gave her the vision that she preserved. She was active in preserving it. And that's similar with you and those you know aiming towards God-honoring targets. It is God who works in us. It's God who works in us to decide, to bring about, to arrange something, to want, to choose. It is God who works in us to will and to act, take action, to do something, get something done, to behave in a particular way, to exert energy or force. Got it? Let me read it again. For it is God who works in us, works in you, to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So if it is God who works in us to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose, it's not us. When we are led by God, that's the key. Being led by God so we can be used by God who works in us to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. But we have to be led. That's what Romans the 8th chapter and the 14th verse says. It says, for those who are led by this spirit of God are children of God. That is why I make the distinction when I'm speaking about aims in the series of God honoring aims and God 
leading our aims, not us just doing something that we want to do, trying to force stuff, and then saying, oh, God bless it. And we know full well or one, one knows full well, God was never in that from the jump. He was never in that. He never led a person to go down that path. It's just something somebody wanted to do for their own selfish reasons. Could be from jealousy, disrespect, not wanting somebody else to have something. And then to justify it, trying to make it work and say, you know, I, I prayed about it and, you know, I just, this is the way I want to go. I feel led to do this. See, that's the difference. I felt led or did God lead you? I'm talking about being led by God and God working in us to will and to act after he's led us, as he's leading us, God working in us to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose, not forcing aims and then going around making social media posts and blasts of Look at God. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's look at God because he's not right there. He's not in that. When God grants us resources, it's for the will and the purpose of God. And when we complete and achieve these God-honoring aims that God gave us the will to act upon to complete it's important that we preserve our acknowledgement of God's sovereignty it's also important to understand and keep in the forefront of one's mind that God is the one who made it all possible God's love made it possible God's grace made it possible God's mercy made it possible God's power made it possible it's not the time to Look at the completed aim and say, oh, I did that. Man, I'm all of that. No, God is all of that. And he did that. That's, that's what that is. That's the way to look at it. That's why we have to preserve our mind and check ourselves to know and acknowledge who God is. And cast down these imaginations that, hey, you did that, man. It's all you. It's not all you. No, it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose that you just completed with that God-honoring aim. That's what it is. All right, so let's do a quick recap, a quick review of these seven preserving qualities I shared one might want to consider exercising as they aim towards their God-honoring targeted goals. The first one, preserve your mind. Number two, preserve your interactions. Number three, take action as you preserve your aims. <laughs> and make sure the actions are God-honoring actions, okay? Ask God for wisdom and discernment and that his will be done in you as it is in heaven, so you won't be just going all over the place, okay? Number four, preserve your knowledge of who you are in Christ. Number five, preserve your righteousness, and that is practicing righteousness. 
aiming to practice it, live it out. Number six, preserve your vision. And then number seven, preserve your acknowledgement of God's sovereignty. Okay, feel free once again to listen to parts one and two of this motivational aim, preserved aims, preserving aims. Okay, the passages of scripture that I want to leave you with are as follows. First one, Matthew, the 26th chapter in the 6th through the 13th verse. Psalm, the 139th chapter in the 14th verse. Romans, the 8th chapter in the 37th verse. Romans, the 8th chapter in the 14th verse. Philippians, the 2nd chapter in the 13th verse. 2 Corinthians, the 9th chapter in the 10th verse. 2 Timothy, the 1st chapter in the 7th verse. Colossians, the 3rd chapter in the 23rd verse. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter in the 5th verse. John 10.10. 10. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter in the 11th verse. And then you got it. Isaiah, the 55th chapter in the 8th through the 9th verse. Okay? Read those. Ponder on those. Meditate on those promises from God as the Holy Spirit empowers you. Okay? As you preserve your God honoring aims. Thank you for tuning in. Feel free to visit drkenitrabryant.com. Enjoy y'all's day. Remain encouraged. Remain empowered in Christ. Peace and God bless.